Hi, I'm your host Monica and this is Leading with Insights. In a world where data is abundant, but insights are rare, it's more important than ever for businesses to have leaders who can lead with insights. On this podcast, I'll be talking to global leaders about how they can make better brand and business decisions and what leaders need to stay ahead of the curve. In this episode of Leading with Insights, I'm speaking to Emma Jones. Emma is an enthusiastic strategist with 13 years of brand and media experience across clients and agency side roles in the UK and US. Emma's career spans six years at Red Bull, heading up insights and performance for the UK, and currently Emma is at Kraft Heinz, where she's responsible for building the insight function for North Europe. Emma uses insights to drive actionable strategies and ensure that consumer-centric thinking informs great work which impacts the bottom line. Hi, Emma. Welcome to Leading with Insights. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for inviting me and reaching out on LinkedIn. Great connections. Well, I'm so glad that I reached out to you as well. To start with, I'd love to understand your journey into insights. What led you to it and what keeps you there? I think for me, it's kind of full circle. I actually started out with a community radio show when I was 17. So I feel like... Now being on a podcast, we've kind of come all the way around back when podcasts weren't even a thing. Um, So I started there for quite a long time. I really had my heart set on being a children's TV presenter, so actually nothing to do with insights. Um, um, Then I ended up um, going into journalism. So actually I worked at News of the World. Uh, It was the biggest selling Sunday newspaper at the time, for any of you that maybe aren't as familiar. Uh, and I worked as a sports sub-editor. So I think to me, really starting to understand brands and storytelling and really feeling that I was super interested as an idea. At the same time, I've always been highly analytical. And I think that blend and that duality of mixing that story with that um, data has always appealed. So I think insights became a natural next step for me. Uh, And I started off agency side. So I started off at uh, Hall & Partners and I was there uh, for five years. And that included a stint in New York where I really fine tuned my influencing skills, if anyone's ever worked in in the States before. And while I was at agency side, uh, Red Bull was actually one of my clients. So I started off covering a maternity leave there as an insight role. They'd never had an insight role before. I was there six months and then the role got uh, extended. I got asked if I wanted to join permanently. And then I was there for six years, building an insight function in the local market. uh, The first time that had ever been done. I think that really gave me that first taste of how you transform a business and a culture to think a little bit more consumer obsessively. Then after six years, uh, I was very kindly offered a role in the HQ, which is based in Austria uh, for Red Bull. And at the time, As much as I love Austria, uh, it didn't feel quite like that was the right move for me. And Kraft Heinz reached out at a perfect time. So I got headhunted by them uh, to do a similar thing, to start up an insights function in North Europe. Brand new role to build a team from that. And I've been doing that for two years. It's almost like the first part of my career was very much agency side, getting exposed to lots of different clients. And the second part of my career has really all been about client side and all about transforming and creating insights functions in businesses where it didn't really exist. Okay, I'm even more excited now for the rest of our discussion because not many people have had the opportunity to build insights from scratch for iconic brands like Red Bull or Kraft Heinz. So my second question is going to be slightly broader. As someone who's passionate about building up the insights function in organizations in a way that's both immersive and actionable, 
How would you define an insight? To me, it's all about action. I really like to think of insights being an engine uh, to really drive that so what in a business um, to ultimately get to better consumer informed decisions that should be driving incremental growth. Um, so really, I see it's all about that mindset of kind of testing and learning, but has to be rooted in the so what to be called insights. Thank you for articulating that so clearly. You've played an essential role in building consumer insights for iconic brands like Red Bull, which is known for its high energy, daring marketing campaigns and an always on content strategy. I want to ask you, how was the experience of building an insights culture for such a dynamic brand? What would you say were your highlights and challenges? Absolutely. I think the biggest challenge was really to get the business buying into how starting from consumer can really help them make better decisions. So Red Bull, before I joined, was a very gut feel company. They make great choices. They saw consumer testing and consumer perspective as a thing that could sabotage their creativity. Maybe a lot of people resonate sometimes when we work with ad agencies, sometimes you get that same clash between uh, market research and the creatives. So I think that to me was the first kind of challenge, but also highlight of really getting people to see how it can help them make better decisions. And to me, I did this by showing value really quickly early on. So from the get go, measuring the impact of the content Red Bull was making was something that was crucial because I can't evaluate marketing when the content we were making was equally as important. So working out how we show that value and naturally who doesn't like to be told the work they're doing is having even bigger impact, then that's a really natural and easy message uh, for people to respond to. Other things I then was able to do was to really start with the strategy. And I think that's something that I've done at Heinz, I've done at Red Bull. You've got to start with consumers from a strategic sense of point of view and get the whole business pulling in that same direction. So we did a lot of work to kind of embed how brands grow, kind of basic marketing strategy, but applying it in a Red Bull way to make it make sense to everyone and get everyone understanding why is that strategy important, but also how do we really be consumer driven? And in terms of what that resulted in, we were then able to shape the tactics and marketing strategies, whether that was from price promo or actually even being able to justify a price increase because we were able to grow brand consideration by 10% over three years. And that is solely by starting from consumer, making sure the strategy is embedded and getting all the experts in their fields to be pulling in that direction, to use their channels, whether that's social, whether that's content, whether that's sampling, to really drive forward the same direction of growing that top line, bringing in more consumers, bringing in um, more occasions. And it resulted in the highest market share back in 2020. And I know I'm still talking to a few of my colleagues, they're going from strength to strength. They've been having double digit growth ever since I've left. So I think to me, the biggest highlight is not only shifting a whole mindset of a business, but getting results. But certainly biggest challenge is it takes time. That was six years and it takes patience because naturally you're changing a culture and a mindset. And so it's little nudges, much the same way we work in marketing and advertising. You're nudging people along to get people to see the value and proving that value time and time again. Thank you for sharing those fantastic principles to remember when one is building up an insights function where it doesn't really exist. Can I also understand more about your role at Kraft Heinz today and how are you approaching it? 
I think it'd be good to talk about almost the differences between Red Bull and Heinz in terms of they're very different in terms of the center of decision making. So Red Bull is very marketing driven, very brand led. I think we can all testify that from experiences of consumers, but certainly that sort of gives you wings mentality feeds through every bit of the company. Whereas Kraft Heinz, more driven by sort of private equity, very much making sure we build that bottom line, that profit is very, very important to the business as it should be in any business. So very much different starting points. But I think what was super interesting is the way you go about it is actually more similar than not, because they both started from a point of not fully seeing how insights can benefit them and not fully seeing how when you unlock that, it can result in more top line growth, which obviously always feeds into the bottom line. So in terms of those specific strategies, again, like I did at Red Bull, starting with that foundations of strategy, Kraft Heinz, very much we have yearly plans. So getting them to think longer term and thinking consistently longer term was definitely the first thing to consider. And Red Bull, we actually had a similar thing because naturally they're very agile businesses that are used to operating at speed, which is fantastic. But then sometimes decisions are made forgetting about that long-term future direction. The other thing that has worked both in both companies is qualitative exploration and immersion not just for the marketeers, but for the leadership team, really using that rich, deep insight, which I've tend to find in both Red Bull and Kraft Heinz, very quantitative in their methods, but not really utilizing mixed methodology. So almost like both of them were very good at the tip of the iceberg, but what's below it? And how do you really bring that out in people? But at the same time, getting our marketeers, getting anyone in the business to talk to a consumer. So it's not just insights is the only one that holds that truth you actually immerse a whole business because naturally those conversations resonate with people um, we actually sent our leadership team face-to-face -face interviews in great yarmouth um, they got to go into consumers homes they went on a store visit they still reference the people that they met and yes it's only one person but guess what human stories really resonate with all of us mm -hmm. and they really shape decisions in a big way so i guess grounding that exploration and grounding that more qualitative style of depth with the quantitative so it all joins up together. As someone who has built the insights function from scratch more than once, what advice would you give to anyone who's undertaking the same? You also mentioned previously that getting leadership buy-in is really important. So I do want to ask as a follow-up question, what makes that so critical? Absolutely. So I think to me, when you're doing this, you're changing a mindset, you're changing a culture. Um, and to me, that in itself is why you have to get leadership buy-in and you have to get the whole business to come along the journey with you. Um, it doesn't matter if a certain group of people believe it's important. You need everyone pulling in that same direction. Quick wins are also very important to demonstrate that impact early. Naturally, when businesses decide to build an insight function, they obviously understand that insights can help them unlock more value. So they've already got the theory. You need to provide the proof point and the practicality uh, at both Red Bull and Heinz. That was done by getting people in front of consumers, getting them to see how the interactions can help change decision making. Um, really fostering a kind of culture of empathy and curiosity. And I think the other thing is about how you democratize insights. Yes, insights can be handled by the insight function, but naturally anyone is capable of coming up with great insight 
But really, to me, what insights professionals are great at is helping people connect those dots, helping people start and bring that different perspective. But those are skills that they can then share with other people. So how do you make it that we're all responsible from starting with consumer and it's not just certain individuals or just marketing? No, it's everyone's responsibility to at least consider the viewpoint. Switching gears a bit. I understand that the topic of driving consumer obsession in businesses is something that you deeply care about. I would love to hear how you define consumer obsession. So if I was being super purist, which is not a reality, it would be that a business makes every decision as a result of consumers. But we all know that's not really realistic. So I guess in my world and what I define success as would be that we're considering it. So that means we should be making more decisions as a result of consumers. But if we don't, we're then super informed of what the consequence is. What will be the impact of that decision on their behavior? What will be the impact on the business? And to me, I really see it that consumer need is at the center of that. So there's a really good understanding across the business of what is driving consumers, what motivates them, what the barriers are. So then we are clear that if we are, I don't know, changing a promo, introducing a new pack type, introducing a line extension, we're very clear on what that's going to do to the rest of the range, what that could do to perception. And we make that decision with the priority of the long term in mind. So yes, short term decisions always are going to be need to be made, but we're understand of the trading of the trade off. What makes consumer centricity so important for businesses? I think most consumer facing brands do fully understand that if they cater to their consumers needs, it can lead to competitive advantage, which ultimately leads to differentiation, which should lead to more sales and ultimately growing your brand as a result. I think the other thing is something that I've seen in a lot of consumer facing brands is they often have it as a company pillar. Um, And at a recent conference I was at, actually 50% of the room said, yes, they had it as a company pillar. I had it at Red Bull. I had it at um, Kraft Heinz. And I think sometimes you get then that disconnect between those who have a greater understanding of consumers tends to be more the marketing community of feeling that maybe their businesses don't live up to that pillar, despite it clearly being seen as important to be able to drive that competitive advantage and ultimately that top line growth. Um, And I think it's that disconnect that then gets a nice tension and challenge within a lot of business of going, if we all go, it's important to be consumer centric, but most of us feel that we're not really living up to that expectations, then almost like what's going wrong and what can we do to be able to close that gap? Are there any examples that come to your mind Um, that driving consumer centricity has helped you drive? Most examples from those immersions because people regularly like to bring those up of Rachel mentioned this to me and Mm. bring that into conversation. And to me, that is just the openness and delight of going, let's consider other people's perspectives. I think the other thing that I found to be highly effective in both organizations I've been in is reminding that we are not the consumer. And that can be as simple as opening um, the briefing for brand strategy, starting with average income of the UK. Not to shame anyone in the room that maybe we are not representative, but just to kind of remind people that the average person in the UK is not who's sitting in a lovely location in the Shard. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's just important for us to be empathetic and curious to understand that there's other people with other perspectives. I think this has been super important as well with things like cost of living, just to understand that 
yes, we're all having to make different choices. Naturally, some people are having to sacrifice a lot more than others. And that's our consumer base. And we need to be super mindful and understanding of that. The other area is in terms of innovation and making sure we consider other people's perspectives. We have an incredibly diverse and representative UK. And actually, have we always been listening to all those different voices? And certainly we've even found recently some of our flavoured beans that we'll be launching very shortly. How do we actually take from the flavours that people already are using with our beans? The UK has always been fantastic at mixing different cultures and mixing different flavours. So actually, how do we co-create with consumers better? to actually give more people what they want by learning what people are already doing and what is already popular. I think that's the kind of other area that we're really seeing kind of the impact. It's also kind of the center of what the business cares about. So thinking about that long term, thinking about occasions, naturally we are, that is now a pillar of our strategy. So what actions or tools could help businesses focus more on their consumers? Any practical tips that come to your mind? So I think I've already touched on immersions, but just I think that to me is a very easy way to do it, whether it's from qualitative exploratory work um, in both organizations, the testing they had done was quite uh, validation. I call it Julius Caesar research, almost think coliseing thumbs up, thumbs down, but then you don't learn. So really shifting that into the exploratory, really thinking, if we think of our frying pan, not just thinking of the yolk, thinking about the whole frying pan. And I think that's the benefit of insights to really think bigger and consider that bigger picture. Face-to-face -face connection with consumers, I think is essential. We actually have a program that every single month, anyone in our business can have an online um, interview, face-to-face -face interview with a consumer. Last year, we got over 100 people in our North European business to do that across the whole function. So making that super accessible. And I guess part of that is going back to that idea of democratizing insight. So we've done this by we actually just have a simple newsletter where we actually capture all the latest thinking, including the research we're doing, the trends that are happening in the market, as well as tracking our brand and having that in a really easy place. We call it our Consumer Connect, just to keep people up to date as a lighter touch way to get them thinking about consumer, but by reminding them of the consumer and remembering that it exists. I think the other thing with democratizing insights is getting that single source of truth. Um, something that I'm working on right now is it's been clear that when it comes to innovation, there's often very different opinions depending on what function you're in of why something succeeded or failed. And naturally, that tells me that there's actually a hell of a lot of learnings in there because all those perspectives are valid. But actually, what is the main thing and what are things are more secondary? Ultimately, if we have one source of truth, we learn more. So I think it's just putting that emphasis on that learning. So we're all speaking the same language. And I think to me, the final thing is all about brand strategy. I think most of the time when people are setting up insights functions, your strategic partner is marketing. So you need to make sure that the business understands marketing. You also show marketing how the value you can add for them. These are such good tips and tools for anyone looking to build and strengthen the insights role in marketing and strategy. But as we know, it's not always easy. So I want to ask you, what are some challenges to keep in mind and how could one overcome those? To me, the critical thing is how you get that buy-in mm -hmm. and making sure you're super clear on who are those decision makers and who can you influence? So at Kraft Heinz, to me, marketing are the ones that I need to, one, make sure our strategy is consumer centric, but two, then we're applying that and executing that. 
So that was a very first step of how do I build that relationship to make sure I influence them to the best of the, my ability. Then it unlocks the door for how you influence the leadership team, because ultimately these things are top down, but they're also bottom up. So making sure people at the top really understand by getting consumer feedback, by considering that perspective, it can absolutely unlock the same growth as having a new pricing strategy, having a new promo strategy. To me, those are executions of a total strategy. So kind of shifting that idea of strategy versus tactics and really getting a business to understand those two things and the differences. And kind of that leads me to the next point of that short versus long. I think that's something that I've really found at Kraft Heinz. We really love executions and short-term results, but then we have to play the same game. It makes sense that it is then hard for a business to think long-term, think 10 years down the line, like we're doing it, but how do you get them to stay consistent when as a business, we're used to maybe chopping and changing our mind. So that almost discipline is something that is almost my next big challenge uh, of being like, how do we really unlock that? And to me, that's all about how do you show quick wins and how do you show, look, we are doing the right thing, but there is a level of faith in it. And that sort of thinking is how we ended up nearly doubling our media spend this year. I really like how you stressed on both long-term strategy, but also the importance of short wins. My next question is going to be about impact. Now, businesses are biased for action. How can one show impact of driving consumer centricity? I think the thing that's super important is that consumer centric thinking is absolutely the holy grail. Naturally, most businesses totally appreciate strategy, but it's not grounded in the actual doing. So as soon as you can link that together, it's how you basically show that not only are you putting yourselves in consumers' shoes, but that minimizes effort for your business, but it maximizes their value. And that becomes then a very easy thing for everyone to understand, to go, oh, this is a shortcut to more successful innovation, unlocking and maximizing growth there, or maybe minimizing risk when we do decide to change things. So it's all about that balance in the game of how do you essentially acquire and retain customers? Because we all know if you don't do that, you won't survive. And another thing would be how you really measure that impact to show those quick wins to your business. I think ultimately it's more consumer-led decisions to grow the top line. But I think looking further into that is all about penetration and brand equity. Are you actually improving those perceptions? I think you can also measure it with marketing mix models. So at Red Bull, those tactics that I talked about us employing ended up improving the efficiency of what marketing delivered. So we went from one in five cans being sold as direct result of marketing to one in three, which is a huge change in a relatively short amount of time. So really showing that when you get that strategy right and you start thinking about tactics in that way to prioritize penetration, to prioritize bringing more people in, prioritize occasions, you can quickly see the return and I think the final thing is then all about having that single source of truth. I guess I talked about it in how you democratize insights, but also when we launch innovations, when we launch campaigns, is there a common understanding of what great looks like, what success was and why we succeeded and what we learned from it? Not all decisions are going to be made solely for consumers, but if we understand the consequences when we don't, then we're always going to be able to better set up our businesses for success. I've truly enjoyed our conversation. And as sad as it is, we're nearing the end of the podcast. But before we go, we do have a two-part closing question ritual that we ask all our guests. 
So the first question is, according to you, what is the future of insights? First off, I think it's all about representation. So something that I think became very alarming uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement was actually how representative a lot of the panels and bigger agencies that we were working with um, and really seeing that actually they were predominantly white. And are we really getting that range of voices and that range of perspectives? I think it also works on the other end uh, with age groups. So we know that actually a fifth of our user base and a fifth of spend is actually with people who are over 65. But naturally, when we go to our research providers, it tends to be a little bit harder to talk to those people despite being so much of a proportion of a user base and spend. And it's not because Heinz is particularly skewed older, that's representative of the grocery market. So how do we make sure we hear those voices and consider those perspectives to allow us to unlock their needs, but also meet them in the first place? I think the other thing with insights is more joined up thinking. It's already something that insights professionals are very good at. Something at Red Bull I'd always say was, my research is one data source, but your opinion and experience is another data source. And it's about how do we combine them? Actually, where the difference is, is normally where the juicy bit is of where it's like, okay, that's probably where the insight is, is where they're disagreeing with each other. Um, And I think the final thing is all about experience. I think, how do we get more immersive and how do we ask questions in different ways to get different answers? I think we've all come to the point in insights where we know that you can ask literally, but you get in what you get out. So how do we think more holistically to really capture insights in more real life examples, real life scenarios, so we can make better decisions for people um, rather than necessarily asking them all about their thought process. And then we're all very good at rationalizing it, but that maybe is not what we're actually doing. So how do we blend kind of what I say I do versus what I actually do even better? Second and last question would be, I would love to hear what energizes you outside of work. So I'm actually a very keen salsa dancer and samba dancer, fun fact. Um, So I think to me, it's all about learning and connecting with people. That to me is what dance gives me. So yeah, I was actually in Notting Hill Carnival. I actually paraded there in samba. So I even do it a little bit semi-professionally. I think the other things that energize me, I mentor secondary school children. Uh, I was very fortunate when I was younger that my mum would help me with my homework. And that helped me a hell of a lot. So really, how do I pay that forward and how do I give other people opportunities that I was so fortunate to have and also love learning from the kids and hearing what are their perspectives? What things do they care about? Because they normally tell you things that are super insightful. And then the final thing is more about making impact. So I'm actually a women's officer for my local label branch. And really, how do we get sort of female empowerment and really not completely change the whole patriarchy, but make some steps to um, maybe give another version to make it all fairer and more equal for all of us. I absolutely love that. I have two left feet, but if I ever want to get started on salsa, I know where to come for recommendations. Thank you, Emma. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Leading with Insights. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about how insights are unlocking new opportunities, helping brands stay ahead of the curve and enabling better brand decisions, be sure to follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. You can also find Leading with Insights on social media. I'm Monica Malhotra and I'll see you next time.